how do you sum up the last almost four years? It just, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. For my daughter, in her first nine and a half years of life, we were on international flights almost every single year, going over and then coming back. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Carmen, and I'm a certified breastfeeding counselor. And I'm Ruth Green, an international birth doula. And this is the Having a Baby in China podcast. Yeah, let your kid run up and down the aisles. Jacqueline, don't say that. <laughs> Don't let your kid run up and down the aisle. As a reminder, <laughs> this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. The views expressed here are the personal opinions of individuals and do not necessarily reflect any official stance or recommendation by having a baby in China. Hey, Jacqueline. Hey, Ruth. I'm excited. You're excited? our last podcast. I'm honestly kind of sad. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking oh, about yeah. it like right before we started. I was like, man, after this episode, we won't have reason to like meet every single week to record together. We will. We will. <laughs> no, I mean, it is exciting and I'm super excited to be traveling so soon. Yes. What do you think is going to be the hardest about leaving the country and going into your home country. Do you mean like specifically about with kids or just like having been here for so long? Yeah. So having not left the country since December of 2019, right? Yep. What are you most excited about besides seeing family and reconnecting with family? Because <laughs> that'll be super exciting. But other than that, what are you most excited about? And what are you a little bit anticipating to be a little bit difficult? Yeah. I mean, honestly, you said besides seeing family, but really that is like, I just, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I've never been away from my family this long. Hmm. So... I think that that's the biggest thing as far as like excitement. I think it's hard to be excited because everybody's talking about prices and like the cost of mm -hmm. everything. So I'm a little bit like, oh, but for my kids, it's kind of funny that for my daughter. So my daughter was born almost 13 years ago. She's just about to turn 13. And in her first, you know, nine and a half years of life, we were on international <laughs> flights almost every single year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, twice, right? Going over and then coming back. And so she just cannot wait to just be on the airplane. <laughs> she literally, she says that airports are her happy place. And we have had a few opportunities to travel within China in the last couple of years. Um, not many, but a few. And she does get just super excited every time we, we hit an airport. But yeah, she's just really, there's that feeling, right? And I have that same feeling, just that incredible excitement of like, okay, you've accomplished everything that you've needed to, or if you haven't, it's too late, right? Like your bags are packed, your house is ready, hopefully everything. And you're on that plane and you have nothing to do for the next 12 hours, but to just relax and, you know, <laughs> watch over your kids. Relax. It's not quite as much airplane. fun as a parent. <laughs> yeah, so we're excited about that. I think that I'm excited to do some shopping, maybe. But I've also, one of the interesting perks about having been stuck here for so long is that I've had to figure out how to source 
you know, a lot of our things here. Yeah. So it used to yeah. be we went back every year. And so we would stock up on a lot of our favorite foods and we'd hand carry them over. And now, you know, we search Taobao for everything. And so I think that I'm not as excited about shopping this time, especially because of the cost. Everybody's talking about how expensive everything is there. Things I'm apprehensive about are just that people in America are not going to be able to get it. They're not going to be able to really have Mm -hmm. any comprehension of what the last three and a half years have been like for us. So it's kind of funny, like as I'm preparing my house to go, (laughs) I am coming across things that are specific to the pandemic. So like, for instance, we're trying to use up food that we had stashed because, you know, we didn't know when our city would go into lockdown. Yeah. Yep. And we're kind of coming to the end of a lot of those things. So that's good. So I was like going through my freezer and I found like this bag of carrots that I had washed and, you know, peeled and chopped and everything and frozen. And so Mm. it's kind of a weird feeling. Another thing that we're more apprehensive about. I don't know how many of you listeners went through this, but we packed up so many other people's homes. Mm, yeah. And that could not get oh, back yeah. into China. And so mm. I have a lot of nerves about getting on that plane and never coming back. I feel like we've kind of lost a little bit of innocence, so to speak. You know, it used to be that yeah. we went to America and we didn't think twice about it. Okay, see you in three weeks. You know, see you in two weeks. See you in six weeks. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And now it's like, will we ever walk through this door again? Yeah. So there's just a lot. There's a lot of emotions. So, but mostly excitement. There has been drilling in my building, in my stairwell. Mm. If you live in a part of the world that has concrete buildings, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But there has been drilling on and off, but practically more on than off for the last seven months. Currently, we have it on the fourth floor the second floor and the ground floor right now. Mm. So my husband was joking. He's like, well, now we get to play. Which floor are they drilling on now based on the sounds? So I, I'm just kind of ready to like have a break and yeah. Yeah. But mostly it really is truly just about seeing friends and family. I just cannot wait. Mm. Sorry for that really long answer. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, how do you sum up the last almost four years, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What are you most excited about and what are you apprehensive about? Oh, I didn't ask that question so I could answer. (laughs) (laughs) I just took a drink of water like right as you said that. (laughs) Way to curveball me, Jacqueline. (laughs) No, I asked that question. Well, I mean, I know that like I'm leaving a lot sooner than you. So it's definitely a little bit more on my on my mind than yours. Yeah. I'll start with, I'm a little bit nervous. Well, a couple things. My oldest, who is now, can you believe it, 17? No, nope. Don't say it. Don't (laughs) say it. I still remember her as this tiny little thing that we would like toss in the air. (laughs) Yeah. So she has the opportunity to go on this trip immediately after school, but the rest of us are actually going to go to America. So I'm leaving my daughter Wow! in this country to fly back to America by herself for the first time ever. Wow. 
Uh, so I'm a little bit nervous about that. Although I worked really hard to find a good flight for her that I feel comfortable, that I feel like she's going to be safe. You know, she's traveled internationally before. She's quite adept. And I, I have all confidence in her to be able to do this trip on her own. But still, my mother heart is... That's still a huge step. Yeah. So anyways, I'm a little bit nervous about that. And I'm also a little bit nervous because we're going to be moving while we're not in the country. Mm. So we're moving house <laughs> And we won't be here. Don't you always move house when you're not in the country? It, I feel like this totally. is totally. It is a familiar every story, single Jacqueline. move. Every single move. We've never been here. Which my husband's like, that's great. Every move that we've made in here in Tianjin, which we've lived in one, two, three. This will be our fourth place. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, we have not been here. But anyways, so... I know it'll be fine, but it's still a little bit. Yeah, whatever. I am looking forward to it. Yeah, of course. Being with family. I think, I mean, let's be honest. Food. I can't wait to eat like. (laughs) No, seriously. I like, I I was waiting for you to finish, but I was like, I thought of my superficial thing I'm excited about. (laughs) And that is to eat Mexican food. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I have like, yep. So many different restaurants, not just Mexican restaurants, but yeah, I hope they're still there. I have no idea which restaurants are like even still open, but yeah, yeah, I'm really, really excited. I don't know if we'll be able to afford any of it, but I'm really excited to eat at all of our favorite places. (laughs) So yeah, anyways, now that we've spent the last uh, 15 minutes, (laughs) shall we get into our... our, um, podcast but it's appropriate i mean we're already into the episode because what are we talking about tonight jacqueline yes so yeah the reason why i did ask that question is because the topic for today are our top tips on traveling with your baby or your children as you travel internationally as i'm assuming many people will be um traveling i'm we're already seeing people in our wechat group ask questions like Mm-hmm. How do you take a flight, a 12-hour flight with my baby? Why do we have some tips? So here we go. We're going to do our episode, our top tips on traveling with children. And I want to say that all of these are Jacqueline's and my tips. But if you want an exhaustive list of many, many different tips and tricks, like before you travel, during the travel, all of that, you can go to the preparedexpat.com where Mark has done a really nice write-up on lots of different things to consider. So these are Jacqueline's and my just personal favorite things that we do. But yeah, lots more to find there. And you'll find that I think a lot of the things we talk about he has on there as well because he curated the list from the different habit groups. Mm, cool. Yeah, it's been a good conversation starter lately. So although I haven't traveled in recent years, I have done many international trips as a family and also alone with (laughs) a child or many children. So yes. All right, Jacqueline, what is your first tip? My first tip is just be prepared for like Mm. the worst. Yeah. Because there's so many things that are not fun. Yep. It totally depends on the age of your child, but like their sleep is going to be interrupted. Mm -hmm. 
The food isn't going to be exactly what you want. I mean, there's stuff that happens to our bodies when we're up in the air. And so like, yep. they're going to be cranky and you're going to be cranky. So my mindset is, is literally like, okay, this is going to be not fun. There's something waiting for me at the end. <laughs> my other tip, my second tip, we'll call it is, yeah, say yes. I'm just like, yep. You want to watch your fifth movie? Mm. Yep. You want to do that? Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just not always, but to get yeah, through of course. this 24 hours that it's going to take me to get where I am. Like, yeah, it's just, yes. <laughs> like, I think the only place that I would hesitate on that is like on the area of like sugar or things that will like mm, specifically yeah. hype them up. So like if we're mm -hmm. getting on the plane and I want them to sleep in an hour or two, I'm not going to give them a bunch of stuff that's going to keep them like, you know, wide awake. That would be my only hesitation about that. Mm -hmm. But yes, it is definitely kind of almost a yes day type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're saying about sleep. Um, my next advice would be be prepared that no one will sleep. Yes. The first time I traveled, I was like, it's great. We're leaving at this time and the baby's going to go to sleep. <laughs> and then it's going to, you know, like, and then we'll sleep all this time and then we'll wake up and then we'll be there and it'll be perfect. And that child slept zero, zero minutes. Yep. Zero. It just made me, so, I was like, you're not following the plan. Why are you not <laughs> sleeping? The kids will not follow the plan. Whatever the plan no. is, the kids will not follow yeah. the plan. And actually yep. still to this day, she does not like sleep on planes. I have other kids and I do know other other kids that do sleep and that, you know, that's mm -hmm. amazing. But I would just be prepared for the worst and hope for the best. Be prepared yes. that nobody's going to sleep, but hope that, okay. I think also then like doing that for myself, then I wasn't so on edge that I'm like, oh, why aren't you doing this and making myself angry? I could just be like, oh, oh, wow, look, they went to sleep or, you know, yeah, whatever. Yep. Yeah, no, for sure. Like if my expectation is that she is going to sleep, then I will just be frustrated the entire yeah. time. So here's my story for you. So when my daughter was almost one, my husband had to go on a trip for work. And so I was like, well, if he's going to be gone anyways, I'll just go back to America and she can spend her first birthday with her grandparents because dad's going to be gone anyways. And we had traveled twice with her at this point and she had been mm -hmm. this absolute dream. Like so easy. The first time the girl slept through the night was on an airplane and she has slept through the night like ever since. I mean, really, it was like in our minds, it was like, oh, no big deal. So here I'm on my own. I got the bassinet seat, which is the one that's in like the bulkhead and you can have the mm -hmm. bed for the baby. We get it all set up now because I'm on my own and I'm not paying extra money for the bulkhead. I get like the leftover seat. So I'm in the middle between two mm -hmm. businessmen <laughs> with my little 11 and a half month baby that I'm planning to just breastfeed to sleep and put in the bassinet and have a nice peaceful evening. Right. Mm -hmm. She does not sleep. And I spend 11 of the 12 hours breastfeeding, nope, not going to sleep, getting up, asking to move past the businessman, walking up and down, trying to get her to go sleep that way, getting exhausted, going back, breastfeeding, maybe she's tired enough, trying to put her in the thing, nope, she's awake, walking up and down and just like bothering these two businessmen, 
Plus, I was like super embarrassed to be breastfeeding in front of her, even with the cover. So I'm trying to wrangle the breastfeeding cover and this breastfeeding baby and trying to get her to go to sleep. And I was just so frustrated. I literally, I got off that plane and I was like, I'm not getting back on. Like he has to come to America and get me. There is no way on earth that I'm going to get back on a plane again. So I was in America for three weeks and... I did actually kind of come to my senses, but we had an overnight in Korea on the way back because that's how a lot of the Korean Airlines flights are. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it on my own. He has to come to Korea. And so I totally did. I made him come to Korea. He was like, I don't want to do this. This is a terrible idea. You're going to be jet lagging. I was able to change my flight. So I had like a two day layover or something. And then I bought a ticket Mm -hmm. for him Mm -hmm. to come to us. And I was like, okay, if I can just get through this long 11 hour, 13 hour flight, I can't remember how long that one was. Then I'll get off and he'll be there. And then we had this little vacation as a family. And I have really good memories of that little stay in Korea. But I literally was like, (laughs) there ain't no way I'm getting back on a plane without him. (laughs) And I've never flown with the kids without him again. Never. (laughs) And that was 12 years ago. So kudos to all of you guys that managed to do it solo. I have no idea how you do it. Okay, so here's my question for you, Jacqueline. Daytime or nighttime flight? Hmm. Uh, so since my kids don't sleep on the plane, I think I would actually choose daytime flight. Really? Yeah, because my kids are now so tired, but they can't go to sleep on the plane. Yeah. And so then they just get like really, really cranky. And then by the time, Mm. you know, we're getting off the plane, they're just so exhausted that then they're like falling apart we're trying to get through customs like maybe we're we're trying to catch another flight i don't know whatever it is the itinerary is but yeah uh, we also are kind of night owls so by the time we're landing it is getting closer to bedtime Mm -hmm. what do you say well we always go for the cheapest flight because there's a lot of us and it costs a lot of money but that being said if you can choose a flight that leaves around like nine or 10 o'clock at night, maybe a little bit earlier. I think that's ideal. So what happens is when you go to get on the plane, like everybody's all excited and hyped up and, you know, adrenaline's going and there's all the jostling and finding the seats and getting the bags up and nobody's going to sleep at first, right? Maybe you could even make it a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Even if you wanted to sleep, like even if you were tired, then they're going to come through and like give you all the the meals and the food and everything. So nothing settles down for the first couple hours. So I love the flights where we get on seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, somewhere in there. We eat a meal. We let the kids watch a movie. And then by that point, it's like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and they're tired. And so generally, now that they're older, they will sleep. Like, honestly, that one flight was the worst flight I've ever had with any of my kids. Yeah, usually most of them will will sleep. One of my kids still does not sleep very well on planes, but they also tend to do okay on little sleep. So anyways, all of that to say, those who are going to sleep will often fall asleep and then have a pretty good night's sleep or at least a few hours before we land and then wake up and then have to get off and go through customs. Mm -hmm. The worst flights have been where it's like a daytime in China flight or whatever time zone Mm -hmm. we're at. And so Mm -hmm. we're flying through the day. So we're wide awake. Nobody can sleep. I'm like telling the kids to go to sleep. They can't sleep. And then just when they're finally tired enough to sleep, They fall asleep, only the plane is landing, and we have to wake everybody up and stand in long lines, do customs and all of that. I remember one flight (laughs) 
we had so much luggage. I can't even remember why, but we landed in Shanghai and we were all in one airport, but we had to change terminals and we had so much luggage that we needed three people to push. So one of our kids, I can't remember which one, it must have been the five-year-old at the time. We're like, we know you're so tired, but you just have to push that cart. So like, I think my husband had like two carts and I had a cart and the baby in the stroller. And then like my little five-year-old is having to push the, push this cart with luggage on it. Like from between terminals, I swear it was more than a kilometer walk. It was the longest light change I've ever made, but it was so miserable. So I think that that's like my knee jerk reaction, I think, because in general, my kids have tended to either sleep pretty well on the flight, except for that one awful flight when my daughter was almost one, or they do really well on little sleep that I would almost rather risk a nighttime flight and hope that everybody's getting a little bit of rest before we're doing those customs. Okay, my next question is, bulkhead or not Mm. and I can say what I think and you can say okay I'm gonna say 90% of the time not I do not I've gotten it a couple times my husband is very tall he is almost two meters Mm. tall and so first off an airplane he's always uncomfortable like anywhere but the bulkhead does have a little more leg room Honestly, he likes the exit rows if he can get it, but you can't have a child sit with him, which is why he likes it even more because then he doesn't get a child next to it. (laughs) But yeah, so personally, I don't like the bulkhead. Yes, you can request the bassinet and maybe that works. But again, like I've told you, my kids don't sleep. (laughs) But the other thing is, okay, so I've gotten my kid that some magically has fallen asleep and I'm going to lay them down in the bassinet. Well, then we hit turbulence or we hit something and then they're like, you have to pick up your baby. I'm like, are you kidding me? I just got that baby to sleep. (laughs) Now you're making me pick (laughs) him up. You pick him up. (laughs) No, anyways, just it can be nice. But I think being prepared, if you're going to get bulkhead and you're going to request the bassinet be prepared that there will be times that they will say the baby cannot be laying in there of course during takeoff and landing they can't be in there but then also like during certain times of the flight depending on turbulence and things and then the other thing is the baby has to be a certain weight thankfully Mm -hmm. my babies are smaller so you know like they were fit but i know a lot of babies that are bigger and they're like no that baby's too big so yeah. yeah, another disadvantage of the bulkhead is the armrests have your tray tables in it. So then therefore they do not lift up. So if your family takes up the whole row, you can't lift mm. up the armrests. And maybe that's not a big deal to you, but I know for me, like it gets uncomfortable depending on your size or whatever, you know, like maybe it like pinches into your or like stabs into your side or whatever. But as an older child that's sitting there, they're trying to fall asleep and then they can't like lay down. They're like laying on this thing that is not comfortable. Yeah. But again, maybe, you know, being aware of it, you can decide whether that's worth it or not. The last thing that I don't really like is there's no place to put your stuff. 
other than up yep, above. That's what I was going to say. And so you have a diaper bag, you have your whatever, and they're like, you can't keep it on the floor, which I understand. I appreciate they're trying to keep me safe, but I'm like, now I can't get whatever it is that I'm needing or. Yeah. But, you know, you have a little bit more leg room. Yep. Yeah. The only reason that I'm not like, no, never the bulkhead is because we did have that one beautiful flight where we literally got on the plane at like midnight. So my daughter was tired yeah, and she fell asleep and we took off and we put the bassinet up and we put her in it and then she slept for eight hours straight and it was magical. And so I'm like, I can't quite say no, never. Yeah. But another downside of it is that most airlines, at least in our experience, won't give you both like they won't give you two seats if you're not paying for them Mm -hmm. so it would have to be me and the baby and then my husband he'd be having a great flight you know a few rows back (laughs) (laughs) because he doesn't have the baby to take care of which as the kids got older when we would attempt the bassinet I would have the baby with the bassinet and then he would have the other kid you know a couple rows back so you know definitely know that it comes with pros and cons okay do you have another topic? Uh, okay. So since I said don't get bulkhead <laughs> or choose wisely, <laughs> how do you carry a baby for 12 hours? Oh, like on the flight? Yeah. Um. So I don't have very good shoulders. So I mm. have a hard time holding my babies, like walking. I think I tend to try and walk my babies to sleep. Mm. I'm sure the flight attendants hate me for that, but... I do. I tend to walk back and forth or like bounce them, you know, standing in the back. And so I usually do have some sort of carrier. I think actually that's like, that's good for you. I don't know. Like, do you really feel like the flight attendants are annoyed with you? I mean, they say that you should be walking. So I think that helps you as well as the baby. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, we've always had really great flight attendants. So I'm sure it's been fine. But I feel like I read things where people are like, when not necessary, you should be sitting down or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, we have always had really, really kind flight attendants. So not overly worried about that. But all that to say, like, I have a hard time carrying my baby for a long time it hurts my shoulders a lot and so yeah. I do usually have a carrier of some sort when we have traveled with babies yeah. so at different times it's been a Moby wrap or an ergo I feel like the ergo is probably most convenient because it's just like a clip on clip off or you know something that style yeah yeah I usually have like an actual pillow again because of my neck and shoulders I'm really particular about my pillows so I travel with my pillow like everywhere side tip I also carry like a spare pillowcase because it kind of grosses me out where my pillowcase has been. <laughs> but <laughs> that's just a travel tip, not a travel with kids. And then my husband has one of those neck pillows. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Like the travel neck yep. pillows. And so usually once they do fall asleep, depending on how big the baby is and stuff, we'll kind of settle them like laying across our lap. So that's like you said about the bulkhead and the armrests. It is nice when it can go up. If my husband and I are sitting next to each other, then Mm -hmm. we can lay the baby across our lap with a pillow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally recommend a baby carrier. And for safety, you want to make sure that the baby's chin is up and not in their chest. Mm -hmm. Uh, The baby's head is close enough for you to kiss. And then there's nothing covering the baby's face, making sure that the airway is open. Yeah. But yeah, my last flight I did with a baby, I just, I used the Moby wrap. And I just had her in there and then I didn't have to have my hands and I felt like she was safe and then I could lay back and relax and lean your chair back and rest. And yeah, highly, 
highly recommend Baby Carrier. Okay, gifts. What do you think? Gifts for the kid or gifts for your family members that you're going mm, to see? Mm-hmm. Yep. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I had a friend who she was a flight attendant and she was like, oh, the best oh. parents were the ones that they got on and they like gave us gifts. <laughs> yeah, no, this is definitely a trend I've seen. And there's even like, they come with little notes that say, Dear flight attendant, or actually I've seen where you can give them to the people around you too. And it's yeah. like a letter mm-hmm. from the baby. Have you seen those? Yeah. Those are cute. I've never done it. I'm not that awesome of a person. I really wish that I was because I love <laughs> gifts personally, but I'm just not that organized. Yeah, I am not a gift giver. But I have also have heard of people saying like, you know, wrap up a gift for your kid, like one per every mm-hmm. half hour or something like that, or one per hour something like that to help your kid have something fun to go through. And we had a friend do this for us one time. And actually, it was really fun. It was really nice for the kids to have something to look forward to and to kind of count down the hours. Yeah. That being said, in general, I would say pack less than more. So Mm -hmm. this is a slightly different topic. But in my bags, I will have a change of clothes for every person that is with me. So like my whole family, each of us. And then the younger the child, the more changes of clothes because there's just so many accidents. Absolutely. And I would say for babies, like five outfits. Not even kidding. Like the smaller they are, the more outfits they need because they're going to have blowouts. They might throw up. And when they do, it's all over you. So make sure you have a change of clothes and... Make sure they have lots of changes of clothes, lots of diapers, all of that. But I personally, I'm curious to know what you think of this. I would almost say pack less of the other stuff. Like I used to Mm. pack a ton of food and a ton of toys and a ton of coloring things and everything else. Mm -hmm. And then I just found out that like we really just ate. I don't know, for our family, we weren't as hungry, I think, as I would have expected. Yeah, yeah, because you're not feeling super well. Usually it's in the middle of the night, so your body's like all thrown out of whack. So you're not like so hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you can judge me, but we kind of have a get through it with screens on the airplane. Yeah, absolutely. Not in the airport, but like on the airplane, picking out an appropriate film for them and letting them watch, you know. So honestly, of course, depending on the age of the kid, honestly, you can decide how much screen time you want to give your kid and all of that. But we always tended to pack more toys and crafts and everything else than were ever used. <laughs> And I just get to the other side and I have a bunch of snacks that nobody actually felt like eating and a bunch of toys and stuff. And I had just hauled that, you know, up and down and around and everything else. So and it falls open and it spills all over the ground and you're losing stuff. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. You know, just thinking of that, like using plastic bags, I think, you know, make sure you have each outfit or each type of clothes. You can decide how you want to categorize it. In like a Ziploc bag so you can easily like reach in and grab it. But you're Mm -hmm. right. If it's all buried, like if you need this outfit and it's buried under this big bag of snacks and all these different crafts and stuff, it just makes everything more hectic. Yeah. And the plastic Ziploc bag can be helpful to then contain that vomit (laughs) filled clothing or, you know, poop filled clothing. Mm -hmm. All right. So... 
Jacqueline, question for you. Mm -hmm. Have you seen and have you ever used any of these contraptions or there's a variety of different things, but basically the idea is that it kind of usually like a suitcase that converts into a bed for your baby. So it fills the space between the seat and the seat Mm -hmm. in front of it and then also creates like a flat surface on top so they can lay down. Yeah. Have you seen these or tried any of them out? I definitely have seen them and they look really cool. I was given something to use once and the flight attendant refused to let me use it. So really my thoughts are it looks really cool, but just be prepared that you won't be able to use it. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen other people like use it, but I don't know, whatever airlines, the kid has to be buckled in their seat. They can't have anything like especially um, anything that's inflatable that you can't, you know, they're, they're like, no, you can't use that. Interesting. So I did actually purchase the inflatable one several years ago, and I ended up not using it mostly because I felt awkward about it. Like, that sounds funny, but like I just never felt like it was a good time. And I think maybe Mm -hmm. I started to use it once. And then the flight attendant was like, you know, every single time that we have turbulence, you're going to have to like put this away or whatever. So it just felt like it was more work than it was worth. Uh, But what I have done a couple times is to actually take my tag-along carry-on and put it in that space. Mm -hmm. So you just take your suitcase and you fill that space in between the seat and the other seat just so that you can have your feet up. It just makes more of a flat space. The other downside, because I have looked into these suitcases, I think it was when they like were first invented. And I was like, this is the most brilliant thing ever. But Mm -hmm. then when I started looking at the weight... And how much stuff I could actually put in it It ended up being like you're practically paying for a suitcase and a very expensive suitcase. I think that the prices have come down. But when I was looking, which was probably like seven or eight years ago, they were like $300, $400, $500. They were a lot of money. And you couldn't actually put that much in it. So you're really just carrying this thing for this one purpose. And I just couldn't bring myself to spend that much money. I think that they have improved and they've come down in price. But I don't have one small enough that I feel inclined to do that at this point. Yeah. But they look really cool. Yeah. I've seen one like, you know, your kid's too big for a stroller, but they're still Mm -hmm. little. And then, of course, you're traveling and they're tired. So like having one that like pulls, that can be nice. But yeah, we just use our like carry on. (laughs) Again, though, my concern is like the weight of it, because some airlines are really, really strict about the weight of your carry on. And it's not very much. So by the time you have because it has to be a little bit sturdier. Yeah. In order to be a true riding suitcase, it's a lot sturdier. Again, I haven't looked into this like recently. And so somebody's going to be like, no, they're they make them really lightweight now. Probably they do. But all of that to say, you really need to look at all the factors. How much can you pack into it? How much does it weigh? And doesn't meet all of the requirements of the airline because, you know, you don't want to pay for this extra thing and plan on it and then get there and then be like, no, you have to check that and pay a bunch of money to check it. So Yeah. Okay. Last one. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about feeding, feeding your baby and children. Yes. Start with someone under one. Yeah. So under one, well, let's start with under six months. (laughs) So under six months, we always 
tried to breastfeed, well, really under one, but especially if they were exclusively breastfeeding or bottle fed, it was like feed on the way up, feed on the way down. Yeah. I read something recently that was saying like that could create more bubbles in their stomach and actually cause more like spit up. But I never experienced that. This was like a miracle to me. So I will never forget my first flight when I was seven years old, six years old, when I was six years old, falling asleep on the plane. And waking up to the most excruciating ear pain I have ever experienced in my life. Like to Mm. this day, I can remember it was so awful. And like turning to my parents and being like, what is going on? And then being like, it's okay. It's normal. Here's some gum. Chew some gum, you know. But babies don't understand that. They don't understand what's going on with the pressure change. And so that's why we were always told to feed, you know, sucking feed. So whether it be breastfeeding or a bottle, if nothing else, like a pacifier on the way up and the way down to help with the ear pain. My kids, um, I definitely did it on the way up. I found that they they didn't seem to struggle so much on the way down, but you know, definitely oh, something to be aware of. I would say like be aware that a flight attendant, they want the baby to be buckled oh, and buckled to you. And so just I've had some say, oh, you can't breastfeed. But as long as the baby is, you know, you're following the rules of, you know, the baby's buckled or whatever, you know, if you can maneuver the buckle, you can go ahead and and breastfeed while you're taking off. Yeah. I do give a warning of if your baby is bottle fed, that you will want to try and time it a little bit. I was on a flight once who they gave their baby their bottle a little bit too soon. Like we weren't taking off yet and they had already finished the bottle. Yes. And so then they're taking off. So they're like, oh, I need to give the baby a bottle. And so then this was now their second very full bottle. And so it was just way too much. The baby couldn't handle it. And so then there was vomit all over. Yeah. And that was always really frustrating to me when like you get delayed and you're on the plane. So you've like, you're waiting to feed the baby and the baby's like really wants to feed. But at the same time, you're like, you want the plane to take off. So like, I wouldn't usually feed in the hour leading up to the plane taking off because I wanted the baby to nurse really well when we were taking off. But then the flight would get delayed and and the baby's getting fussier and fussier. I'm like, just let the plane take off so I can feed my baby. And this issue is not as big of an issue if the baby is breastfeeding at the breast, just because. Yeah, true. They wouldn't be getting like a full bottle of milk because you've just fed. It's more of just a comfort suck. Yeah, but the issue was that they wouldn't want to breastfeed after a little bit, right? They would be done and want to play or whatever. Yes. So moving on to the older than six month where they are eating solid foods. Personally, I wouldn't pack a whole lot of extra food. So even if you have an infant ticket, so you're not paying for a seat, You do want to contact the airline because most airlines, at least as far as I know, will actually provide a complimentary infant meal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so depending on the age of your baby, uh, that may or may not be, you know, appropriate. But usually it was like a few purees and maybe some fruit. And so that was like really helpful. Yes. And then, you know, just a couple like familiar foods just in case my, you know, depending on how picky my baby was. Along those lines, I also highly recommend special ordering your children's meals because what that does is they bring out those meals first. 
Um, and so then your children yes. will get their food first and then you can get them settled and they're eating and then they will go through and, and give everyone else their food. So they do, most airlines do have children's meals, but maybe you don't want them to have that child meal. You could do a simple like no salt or I don't, I don't know, but just some kind of special. Yeah, that's a great tip because at different points, either myself or my daughter has been gluten-free for medical reasons. And so, yeah, we would order the, in fact, I'm really glad you're saying this because I haven't flown so long that I completely forgot. I need to <laughs> order our foods for our upcoming flights. But yeah, that's a great point. If you pre-order your food, if it has something special about it, then it will come out first. And so yeah. then your kids can be eating and not getting extra cranky as they wait. Yeah. I have a bonus one, Jacqueline, and I'm curious to know your thoughts. Yeah. Paying extra money to have seats that are next to each other. So it seems like more and more airlines are charging money to sit together, hmm. no matter whether it's your child or not. And this really frustrates me because I don't personally feel like a parent should have to pay more. First off, we're already paying a lot of money, I just have to say, for yeah. our family to travel. And so to be charged more just so that I can sit by my three-year-old seems just really cruel but now they like when they first started doing it there were kind of these exceptions for family and now they have very clear guidelines hmm. every airline that i've looked at that has this policy has said even in the case of family and children we will not put you together for free you have to pay for it or you know just have the luck of it on the other end and i've even like i started a facebook thread once about this after it happened hmm. to us unbeknownst, like we had no idea this was going to happen. And an airline attendant actually came on to this Facebook thread and was really like angry about like parents doing this. She's like, how dare they expect, you know, special treatment? And I'm like, it's not special treatment. It is no. the simple courtesy. <laughs> like, honestly, do you <laughs> I'll tell you another funny story. So after this happened on our flight going to the U.S., when we were coming back, we were trying to make sure it didn't happen again. And so mm -hmm. I showed up at the airport and everything wanted you to just do like the automatic check-in or whatever. And I yeah. was talking to the, like I don't know, whoever the teller guy was that wasn't actually at the teller. He's like the person who tells you where to go. I'm like, I need to know who to talk to because, you know, I'm traveling with children and my, my children need to sit with me. And he's like, well, ma'am. It just depends on which ticket you've purchased. And I was like, well, honestly, I just need to know which line I need to go in. Like, I need to talk to somebody in person about our seats. And he's like, well, ma'am, it just depends on the tickets you've purchased. And I finally looked at him and I said, would you like to sit next to my two-year-old for the next 12 hours? Because I'd love to go and take a nap. <laughs> like, you know, and he's like, well, ma'am, you don't need to get huffy with me. And I was like, I'm I'm not being huffy at all. Like I actually was being very intentional to keep my tone like very like calm. And but really, nobody wants to sit next to my two year old for 12 hours. <sighs> and yet I don't want to have to pay an extra seventy five hundred hundred and fifty dollars, whatever, for my child to be able to sit next to me. I just I sorry. Obviously, this is like a sore point for me. <laughs> I'm just curious about your thoughts. Um. This actually has never happened to me. Um, I don't know if it's the airline that I've flown on, but yeah, that is upsetting. 
And I do feel a little <laughs> bit, <laughs> do feel a little bit like it is ridiculous. But yeah, I don't know what to say. Hopefully someone has mercy <laughs> on you. And when your yeah. your three-year-old sits next to them, they're like, oh, yeah, I'd rather not sit next to this <laughs> child. Yeah. That they'll switch with you. So that being said, like the guy was kind of huffy about it. But again, all of our airline attendants have been so lovely, like the people actually on the flights. So one time again, I think it was the flight before this time. We did not realize this till we were like at the gate. I think it was one of these ones we like almost missed. And so Mm. and that would also be a tip of mine with kids at extra time, extra, extra, extra time. But anyways, we were running really late and we get to like the gate and we realize like none of our seats are together. And we tell like the flight attendant and she's like, oh, oh, this will not do. (laughs) (laughs) And so we hear it like come over the speaker like. We have a family of five with small children that need to sit together. Anybody volunteering to move their seats or whatever. And like we had so many volunteers because nobody wanted to sit next to my three-year-old for a 12-hour flight, right? Like uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. But all right. Well, you managed to to find one of my hot buttons. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. My final, final tip. (laughs) And this is just my experience. And you also kind of hit on it in the beginning when you said you will get through this and to change your expectations is that like everything changed for us when we realized there was no expectation for sleep. And so therefore, we were just going to drink as much caffeine as we needed to get through the 24 hours. (laughs) So obviously, if you have dietary concerns, you might need to find an alternative. But for my husband and I, it has basically been we will just drink caffeine and get through this period of time. And we always have. We're still here. And we're still voluntarily getting on international <laughs> flights with children. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Pack lots of yes. chocolate and caffeine and try to enjoy yourself. And give yourself a lot of grace. Yes. A lot of grace for you. A lot of grace for your spouse or partner. And a lot of grace for your children. And a lot of grace for everybody around you. Just grace, grace, grace. Yeah. Lots of grace. Hey, and utilize the flight attendants, depending on your airline. Yes. Depending on the age of your baby. Like, if you have a really small baby, oftentimes they're willing to, like, hold your baby for you to, like, Mm. sit and rest for a minute. Yeah. Let your kid run up and down the aisles. (laughs) Jacqueline, don't say that. (laughs) Don't let your kid run up and down the aisles. (laughs) Take your take your toddler. Hey, Jacqueline, where you fell asleep and woke up to an airline attendant bringing your child back to you. <laughs> no, my child was sitting next to me jumping on the seat and I was like, no. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. No, I do recommend <laughs> um, taking your toddler for, you know, a stroll up the... Lots of walks. Yeah. Or, you know, oftentimes, depending on the size of your plane, like going into like the, what is it? The... The galley. Is it called the galley? Yeah, the galley. Mm, and then mm-hmm. just let them, you know, get a little wiggles out and stretch your legs and yes. their legs and your back. Lots of bathroom trips. And depending on your airlines, a lot of flights have snacks. Like you could just say, yes. hey, do you have something? I cannot say enough about Korean Air and how much I love them. And they are Mm, so kind to families with children. And yeah, anyways, they always have snacks. Maybe it's not like the food that may be your first choice, but usually there's something that you you can find. Yeah. 
A lot of them even have gluten-free snacks. And Cathay Pacific and Korean Air and a lot of other like a little higher end airlines will have gifts for your kids. Oh, yes. Like little crafts for them to do Mm -hmm. and stuff. Those have been a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think that's, again, why we don't tend to pack a lot. Because it just seems like we accumulate more. I think we always end with more stuff than we started off with. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, we could go on. There are so many different things that we could talk about. But again, Mark has a very thorough blog post on all sorts of different tips and tricks. So definitely check that out at thepreparedexpat.com. Yeah. And please share with us. What do you think about our tips? So is there something mm-hmm. that you think is is crucial that we should add? Leave us a comment, leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And happy whatever season it is for you. Happy summer. True. (laughs) Happy China is open and we can fly around the world again. Yes. Yes. I think this is a great episode to end. I'm so excited. Me too. And yeah, we will reconvene after our summer adventures. Yep. Looking forward to hearing from you all. And I hope you have great travels, whether in China or out this summer season. All right. All right. Bye, Jacqueline. It's been great. Bye, Ruth. Bye. One Brazil left on my phone.